0: Hello, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Matt, and welcome to another Geeks Crossing podcast. Uh, Today's going to be a sort of unique episode. I'm not discussing any staple movie or game or show or whatever. No top 10 list, no Renaissance Matt. I am just laying out a concept, as the title of this video would have you believe, a concept for a Pokemon game. I've discussed on this podcast before. I'm a huge Pokemon fan. For those of you just tuning in, this is your first episode or your first time hearing my voice. Yeah, uh, big Pokemon fan here. Like many other very casual gamers, because I'm also a very casual gamer, (laughs) it's really the only RPG I've ever experienced and and come to love. Well, I have dipped my toes into Undertale actually, but that's that's a story for another day and I'm not even close to done with it. Uh, Like every other Pokemon fan on Earth, occasionally I think about what I would take away or add to uh, the franchise. I entertain the hypothetical scenario in which Game Freak calls me one night and says, Hey, random guy I've never heard of. Why don't you take over the conceptualization for the world and story of the next generation? Which is just like, hey, uh, make our story tell, tell a story for us. <laughs> now, for this conceptualization, I'll be going through a lot. I was going to come up with some Pokemon ideas, like, for the actual creatures themselves, but I don't know. Like, I have some old drawings from when I was younger, but I, I really... This is more the sake of, uh, first of all, I'm not as amazing a digital artist as many would believe and as many other people are. I'd love to see if anybody has any ideas after you hear this story of of ideas for the box legendaries or ideas for the starters or what. I'd love to see if you're artistically inclined. Please show me in the Discord, but no actual creatures. So my main talking point is going to be the setting and the plot of this hypothetical region. Because I'm a storyteller by nature, Uh, that's just something I really love. A world builder, I've expressed that before. I I think in my uh, top 10 cartoons of the 2010s, I really went into Korra for its great story uh, world building. But anyway, yes, uh, I love that. So I decided I would just kind of do that uh, for a Pokemon game of my own creation. Uh, One major inspiration for this concept is the idea of Pokemon games with rich stories. Something that people have been really hoping for for a while. Uh, It's been a while since I played Black and White and its sequels, but I think those arguably had the strongest and most serious stories out of any game. Sun and Moon tries, and its story's pretty good too, it's pretty strong. Plenty of twists and turns. But there's an awful lot of mandatory cutscenes, It's very infamous for that. Weird pacing at times, kind of takes away. And I'm not really going to delve into that, I'm just giving a broad idea of a region. You know, it's trainers, it's history... I didn't actually design a linear path of how you go and and what happens at the end or or, or whatnot. Um, and again, I didn't talk about what Pokemon are here, but, you know, I just really like the idea of Pokemon games with rich stories, as everybody else does, I'm sure. So, I don't know, I figured I'd, I'd give it a shot. And again, I was inspired by the rich stories that they tried to accomplish in Sun and Moon, and they accomplished a little better in Black and White. The other games, uh, they try to develop something of a story, but it, a lot of it ends up boiling down to go chase around an evil team. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire, Diamond and Pearl, even the original two generations are really amazing games, but they fall prey to this bare-bones story. Gen 2, especially, really lacks in the department. It just kind of borrows the evil team from Red and Blue. Ruby and Sapphire, Diamond and Pearl, I'll give them, they are a lot stronger with their stories, but still very, very reliant on the evil team, which isn't a bad thing, because Black and White and Sun and Moon, I said had really great stories, Black and White especially, and it usually revolved around the evil team. There's nothing wrong with the story being revolving around the evil team. But I think there's more to that. that you could build on that. Yeah, uh, Gen 8 also sort of tries to be different. The evil team is such a small part of the game, it's laughable. And they kind of try to do the powerful twist villain and his villainous henchman twists that Sun and Moon did. But it's much weaker. And though many character concepts were interesting, uh, like the idea of a friendly rival who gets more and more discouraged as he loses to you over and over again. I like that a lot. Uh, but for every one of these, you have a character arc like, uh, Bede and Marnie, which uh, pretty much go nowhere. Even though they had a lot of potential, they were great characters, but they didn't do anything. Compare that to, what's his name? Hop? Yeah. I get him mixed up with how, but but Hop has a a boring character, but they actually did a pretty cool idea with his story where he gets more defeated (laughs) as you fight him. Another big inspiration for this concept that I'm going to give you that I'm still hyping up. Uh, is the concept of two games in every Pokemon generation. A few people think about that anymore, really. It's just so obvious to a lot of us. Pokemon Red and Blue, Gold and Silver, Sun and Moon, Sword and Shield. Why is that? Why isn't there just one game? A big part of that is to sell, of course, uh, but you'd think by now, almost 25 years later, they'd at least provide some level of a meaningful difference other than just having version-exclusive wild Pokemon and box legendaries. It's pretty much an identical game. And I, I again, I, I do admire Gen 8's attempt to mix it up a little by not only having version-exclusive wild Pokemon, but also version-exclusive gym leaders. That was certainly an interesting touch. I, I appreciated that. But that's really the most we've ever gotten. So I, I'd love to build off of that in my own concept. Why should there be two games? Why? That's that's another big thing. Storytelling and reason for existence. Uh, I'm not claiming to be the most talented storyteller to ever walk the earth, <laughs> And maybe when I'm done with this episode, you'll think to yourself, man, my Pokemon, my favorite Pokemon generation had a way stronger story than that. This guy's nuts. This is just supposed to be for fun. It's, it's, it's very unscripted just to get you thinking about what can really be accomplished in the world of Pokemon games. So yeah, anyway, here, here goes. So title wise, I'm thinking Pokemon East and West. I will explain this. It is important that it's not North and South. I will also explain that. Has to be Pokemon East and West. I imagine for the region, I think of New England. I don't really think it matters at the end of the day because I I do believe the overarching story I came up with could probably fit into any region, regardless of what real world location it's inspired by. People say the next region will be Brazil or China or another Japanese region or maybe Russia or whatever. I I think the story could probably fit in those places, but I, I stylized this region based on New England, so why not? For now, I'll call the region the Harmouth region. Uh, a portmanteau of the words harbor and plymouth like plymouth rock uh that'll kind of come into play in the story you'll hear doesn't really matter it'll make my description a lot easier though so i don't have to refer to it as the region the region we'll go with harmus starting town is where things get interesting we have two different ones uh and it depends on which version you get each one is on a different side pretty much uh, the region and the shtick of the region is it's split sort of into two halves the eastern half and the western half the western half is much more natural You got forests and mountains and maybe even a volcano or a ravine. And then the eastern half is a lot more man-developed. You have electric power plants, bigger cities, airport. You have a huge harbor. You have a beach. That area connects to the sea, sort of. So yeah, that kind of becomes important. And depending on which game you start with, you start in a town close to the center of the region. So if you get Pokemon West, your town is a little bit to the west. You set Pokemon East a little bit to the East. So you head to a town, uh, either on your left or your right, depending on the game. You head to a town located relatively in the middle. It's like this sort of neutral hub area, or hub town, I guess, to get to the professor's lab. I know the professor's usually in your starting town, but this isn't always the case. I was inspired by Diamond and Pearl in this instance, uh, where you have to walk through the first route to get to the small town with Professor Rowan's lab. It's like that. You have a little town, you go to a slightly bigger town, and that's where the lab is. This is this game's sand gem town, if I'm remembering that town correctly. So your rival would appear at the lab with you and would come from the other game starter town, making you both sort of the favorite sons of your respective towns. In addition, the professor's daughter also serves as a quasi-rival. Since black and white, most games have given the player multiple rivals. X and Y, we got a whole bunch. Sun and Moon, we got Howe and Gladian. You got a million in Sword and Shield. I like that. This isn't really too much of a surprise, but I, I like that, that that it exists to an extent. Maybe not too crazy, but just two is good. So it still keeps it a little personal. So your rival from the other game starter town uh, will be more of a jerk rival, but he won't be a complete tool. All right, he'll be very well read on type advantages and he will utilize them in the hopes of becoming a better trainer. That's going to be his shtick. He'll have an air of cockiness to him. I can see him point blank criticizing gym leaders after defeating them either to their face or behind their back. Pretty much saying, oh, you're weak. You only use one type. Like, that's a technical error. You should use blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> this know-it-all who also points out this old Pokemon thing that everyone always makes fun of. Like, really? You're a leader? You just have electric-type Pokemon? And then you're surprised when a guy with a ground-type sweeps you? But, yeah, he's like that. I'm a nerdy jerk, which I think would be interesting. Uh, and your other rival, the professor's daughter, is a lot more meek, kind to avoid conflict. She's sort of like a mix of, of Lily from Sun and Moon and Bianca from Black and White. So she'll have a fun arc. I'm sure she'll get more confident towards the end. Let's call our nerdy jerk rival Dexter and the professor's daughter, Teresa. I thought of names for the characters I'm going to introduce to you. I didn't think too hard on them. Just fun names that kind of make sense for these characters. So, uh, The professor of this region, we'll call him Professor Pine, because that's a very New Englandy tree. <laughs> Studies the rich differences between Harmit's two halves, the western part and the eastern part. The background of this story is that long ago, humans first arrived at Hartmouth, or Harmouth on ships. Now you see why it's sort of New Englandy and Plymouth Rock and all. They arrived on ships long ago and they settled the eastern seaboard, but some settlers wanted to get to work as quickly as possible, carving out their presence, while other settlers thought they should move west into the more natural setting, living among, studying, and learning from all the Pokemon, including one of the region's legendaries. The Settlers ended up agreeing to disagree, and they split up into two large groups, and eventually one was in the East, one was in the West. I'm sorry, really, I haven't thought too much about the Box Legendaries or the Legendary Trio or all of that. Like, I literally have no idea about the Legendary Trio. I'm That's bad, because I know they're usually crucial for the story, but I really can't stand Legendaries when I play through Pokemon, if I'm being honest, because there's this stigma that's fair, I think, for using them on your team, because it it's sort of uh, breaks the lore a little bit when... It's like, go, god of time and space! (laughs) Like, (laughs) fight this level 5 pat rat. Like, it's just so unbelievable. I, you know, so I, I don't like using them. I try to get through legendary parts as quick as possible. And that fell through here. I didn't spend a million years coming up with legendary lore. But how about this, all right? I came up with a little bit. One of the legendaries is eager to take part in the development of this new eastern human society. But he does so in a relatively secret way, helping when possible maybe bringing favorable wind conditions for sailing, that kind of stuff. On the other hand, in the West, a more natural setting, the Box Legendary appeared to the settlers who went looking for its guidance. It helps their civilization much more directly. It physically appears to help the humans with difficult tasks like lumber and mining, that kind of stuff. So the East doesn't rely too much on their Box Legendary, but the Box Legendary still helps out where it can, just a little more secretly. The West, they're very dependent on it. They almost treat it as a sort of divine being and it helps them, it takes a physical form, and helps. So the Eastern and Western settlers still think of themselves as fellow countrymen, and the Harmouth region is still whole. It's one Pokemon League, eight recognized gym leaders, that's still a whole thing. It's one region, it's just a different halves with different uh, maybe values as we'll get to later. Uh, I think you're starting to realize why it's called Pokemon Eastern West. So I really liked how big and important Sword and Shield made the gym battles, and I would love to see something resembling that here. And I think we're going to keep doing that. Like, real talk, I think in future generations of Pokemon, we're going to get that. Because even Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee played around with that idea. You would walk into a gym, and there would be rows of spectators watching the battles. It, there wouldn't be, they wouldn't be packed, but there would be a lot. I would want to be somewhat like that. Maybe not the enormous full stadiums like Sword and Shield, because I get that it's sort of supposed to be England, and soccer's really big there, and it's supposed to be based off of soccer stadiums. Although, maybe since this is America, it could be based off of football stadiums. I don't know. I guess that works, but I do want decent sized audiences present because I want these gym leaders to be important. So eight gym leaders, four in the western part of the region, four in the east. You know, like I said, they're like celebrities almost because I I figure that's the role that they should fill in this sort of game. They're the strongest trainers, you know, they should have this sort of celebrity status. And again, in this universe, Pokemon battles should be exciting spectacles, especially against them. But I want that to be important. I want this divide, going back to the divide four gym leaders in the west four in the east other games play around with the idea of gym leaders that are somewhat important to the plot uh black and white and especially its sequels sort of do this sun and moon attempts to with some of its trial captains but again it's a little different because there's no gyms sword and shield looked like it was going to do it and then totally faked us out uh but i really like the idea of gym leaders being important to the plot think about it like these are the eight of the strongest trainers in the entire region people care deeply about them they show up in droves to support them in battles totally geek out over them, every chance they get. They're the most powerful and important people in their region, so why shouldn't this be incorporated into the plot? So, I have decided on these eight types to be represented. Bug, Flying, Psychic, Fighting, Fire, Water, Ground, and Electric, eight gyms, and no particular order, by the way, I just know that those eight are gonna be represented. So if you couldn't tell, the story of Pokemon East and West is eventually going to lead to a divide in the region, a battle between the East and the West, and even the gym leaders will be forced to turn against each other. Now, I think you can understand why I didn't want to make this Pokemon North and South, because it's about a civil war <laughs> and civil strife. And I think that hits a little too close to home for certain uh, American audiences. I don't know. There, there honestly might be uh, countries in this world or regions where there's an Eastern-Western divide. And if so, this might be a tricky, touchy subject there. I'm not saying I've just, I've come up with the perfect solution by having it be east and west instead of north and south, but it just, come on, like, the north and south civil war in America is a little, uh, infamous, let's say. Um, so, that would have been a little too obvious. But anyway, I thought it would be fun, since it's going to be split that way, to split up the types semi-accordingly. The west gets bug, psychic, fire, and ground, and the eastern part of the region gets flying, fighting, water, and electric you know there's sort of a relationship here fighting flying beats bug but psychic beats fighting but water beats fire but ground beats electric so it's sort of like each side four and four have two that beat each other two that lose to each other kind of a cool little idea i don't know there's obviously some little advantages like you know electric beats water even though electric and ground are supposed to be the relationship but i tried to sort of design the hm leaders almost as four duos in a way at least with the type advantages, and, and their personalities too, which I'll get to. I, I tried to think a little bit about their appearances and personalities of every gym leader, so let's just run through those, because, you know, why not? If anything, these are ideas for gym leaders. They don't have to necessarily appear in this region, but I think they'd be at home here. The fighting guy, he'd be the son of some big famous fighting-type master who's since left the region to grow even stronger, and his son, the current leader, is sort of this wimpy young guy who has to live up to his father. Definitely an early gym leader, maybe even the first one, honestly. His name will be Brody, named after the World War One American soldier helmets, one of which he'd be wearing. I could see his gym sort of being stylized like a, a battlefield almost. I don't know if trenches being included would be too close to home. And honestly, too European, to be honest. But anyway, uh, the psychic leader, Brody's opposite, I see as a scientist who many suspect has lost her mind due to experiments or what she discovered during them. So she'll occasionally be babbling on about whatever saying things that don't appear to be making any sense. Maybe they secretly do, I don't know. <laughs> I could see her having those swirly glasses, like in typical cheesy Pokemon fashion. Her insanity seems to cause her to barely consider her actions, while Brody is doubtful and cautious in his own abilities. So there's sort of this yin-yang, which I'll try to do for all the duos. Let's call this crazed psychic-type leader Minerva, after the Roman goddess of knowledge, a fitting name for a scientist with her head in the clouds. The water gym leader would be a lifeguard on the beach area of the eastern part of the region. He'd be a very stereotypically chill guy, but who knew the seriousness of his position and respected it. His name will be Marlin, a fairly oceanic name that fits his water typing. And the fire gym leader, the lifeguard's counterpart in the western part of the region, will be a stoic constantly meditating at the base of a volcano in the west. Her inspiration definitely comes to be from Kiawe and Alola. Maybe she could be a relative of his or anything. Uh, I I picture an older woman, so maybe like a great aunt or something like that. Her shtick would be opposite of the lifeguards in that he's incredibly cool, often ignorant to the sheer power of his water-type Pokemon, while this fire leader would be incredibly slow to act and cautious, recognizing the destructive power to fire much more than her counterpart recognizes the power of his water. I'd call this trainer Anna. after, I apologize for butchering this, Kao Anna, the Hawaiian word for flame. Uh, again, she's from Alola, like how Kabu in Galar is actually from Hoenn. Sort of like a kind of cool thing. Anyway, so the bug trainer is a spin on the classic bug catcher theme. He's a bug maniac in charge of a troop of bug catchers, uh, as though he's a scoutmaster of Boy Scouts. Uh, they're stationed in a large forest city in the west where they study wildlife. The Bug Maniac is basically the troop leader, an affable, almost childlike man. He would also probably be one of the earlier gym leaders, thinking of him, I I sort of imagine a cross between Milo from Sword and Shield and Watson from Ruby and Sapphire, if that makes any sense at all. Just sort of friendly, laughable guy. I'll call him Scout, because, you know, he's a Scoutmaster. Makes sense. In the east part of the region, uh, Scout's counterpart, the flying gym leader would be a pilot. In black and white, uh, Skyla, the last flying type gym leader that we got, was the descendant of a pilot, I believe. I don't really know why we haven't gotten an actual pilot yet for a gym leader, but this being the eastern half of Harmouth, there's this big bustling airport in one of the bigger cities. That's where you'll find her gym. I'm thinking old-fashioned flight goggles for her design, but again, I don't think of any of that stuff too in-depth, although Scout would also have that, that classic Scoutmaster hat. Whereas the bug-type Scoutmaster Gym Leader was more affable and friendly, not afraid if things don't go exactly as intended, the Flying Gym Leader will want things much more squeaky clean. Because as a pilot, flying for her is a process that must go perfectly or it ends in disaster. I could see her having a Steel Flying-type Pokémon, whether that be a new one or Garmory or Corviknight as her main Pokémon. Maybe Corviknight, because I feel like a Raven is very uh, New Englandy. Anyway, we'll call this flying type leader Robin, of course, after the American Robin, which happens to be the state bird of Connecticut, a New England state. Who am I kidding? This region does kind of have to be New Englandy. I know I said otherwise earlier, but... A ground type trainer leads a gym in the western half of Harmouth in a massive naturally occurring gorge. I'm picturing like a, a Minecraft ravine here uh, that one must traverse to get to her. She would have sort of a, a Native American inspiration about her and would talk to you about the importance of the ground. It's where we plant our food, dig for important minerals, bury our dead, etc. It's very important. I could see her being a young woman uh, in contrast to the stoic fire-type gym leader, who would probably be an older woman. This ground-type trainer could have taken the gym over recently from her mother or father, the, the way many gym leaders throughout the franchise have just been described as doing. From uh, Janine in Gen 2, Faulkner, Flannery in Gen 3... I, I, Brody's similar to that, I, I compared him earlier, but Brody will definitely be more of that Flannery-type vibe, where he really doubts his own ability. Anyway, we'll call this ground-type, uh, young woman Cheyenne, after the native population of the same name. And finally, we get to this character's opposite in Harmit's electric-type gym leader. Like her counterpart, this trainer is also a young woman, who inherited the gym from some uh, relative, (laughs) uh, mother, father, grandmother, whatever. Uh, However, her gym doubles as an extremely important and lucrative energy business. I'm thinking of General Electric, which coincidentally actually started in New England. (laughs) Again, weird ties. I honestly didn't try to think of this stuff, but... This gym leader, being a businesswoman, is much more interested in efficiency. She doesn't have time to think of culture or customs. No time in wallowing in gratefulness to the earth like her ground-type counterpart. Time is money, after all, and this leader will be defined by her speedy and fast-paced attitude on and off the battlefield. We will call her Tiffany after another corporate giant, though in a different field than electricity. <laughs> so that's eight gym leaders for you. We have Brody, the fighting type, Minerva, the psychic type. We got Marlin the water type, and Anna, the fire type. We got Scout, the bug type, and Robin, the flying type. and We got Cheyenne, the ground type, and Tiffany, the electric type. So what do you think they would look like? Uh, if any of you, again, are artistically inclined, I would love to see what you've got. Another fun thing I noticed is that each gym leader corresponds to a certain part of their region. In the East, you have gym leaders for military, fighting, industry, which would be electric, transportation, flying, and fun, which is water, the lifeguard. Uh, While in the East, there's gym leaders for the earth, ground, the forest, bug, destructive forces, fire, and just plain randomness, psychic. The main theme driving the tension is that each side thinks itself superior to the other. The eastern half of the region sees itself as advanced with its technologies and society, but the western half sees itself as more in tune with nature and Pokemon. Both eye each other with suspicion. I should make note, though, that that both sides of the region would believe in working with Pokemon, of course. There wouldn't be a game without that if, if, like, the eastern half didn't use them. (laughs) The western half is just more naturally inclined. With this stark difference between the two games, you pretty much get to play from a totally different perspective depending on which one you get. I wondered if, if maybe the gym leader should treat you differently, depending on which side you're from, but that doesn't really seem to fit the Pokemon spirit to have a gym leader yell at you after you beat them just because they're angry that they lost to someone from the other side of the region. I don't think they'd let this impact their battling you. Maybe little dialogue stuff here and there? I don't know. They may not do it while well. they battle you. And, and this will play into the Elite Four as well. Oh, I should note, though, before I get to the Elite Four, I think the, the trainers, it's important to note that the gym leader's I don't want you to be have to uh, fight all four on one side, then all four on the other. I think you should zigzag. You fight one in one half of the region, then you go and find your way to the other. Your journey throughout the region will be very zigzaggy. It's not like you do all the East, all the West. That doesn't seem to be fair and a little too linear for me. But this divide will also play into the Elite Four, which for the first time since Gen 6 will once again be comprised of four completely new type specialists, In Sun and Moon, the Elite Four are comprised of one new trainer and some old kahunas, and in Sword and Shield, they've done away with the concept of the Elite Four altogether. Part of me wonders if this is a desire to make the Pokemon games more simple. Eight strong trainers, then one champion who's the strongest of them all. When you think of it like that, it is kind of weird that the Elite Four is a thing at all, but I want to bring it back in this hypothetical Pokemon East and West, because I find it perfect for the divide of the gym leaders. Uh, With four of the most powerful trainers in the region present... We can split them two and two and have them take sides in the east-west split, further creating this feeling that the champion is isolated in this broader division. In the Elite Four, I'd put type specialists of Poison, Ice, Dragon, and Fairy. I would split them where Ice and Fairy are from the western part, and Poison and Dragon are from the eastern part. I know what you're thinking. A a Dragon type on the less natural side? I'll explain, though. But the Poison type Elite Four member would be a middle-aged man, sort of like Giovanni, as I envision him, who, like the electric-type gym leader Tiffany, uh, he owned and operated a waste disposal facility for the Eastern Shore Board. He's, he, like Tiffany, he's uh, sort of a, a business guy. Seems to make sense, poison for a waste disposal facility. His rival, the fairy-type specialist, would be a young girl, like the fairy-tale girl trainers, a child prodigy who trained in perhaps one of the more mystical forests of the Western region and has a love for all things cute and fluffy, These these two trainers would be named Goose and Lacey, respectively. The Ice-type specialist would be a researcher, a pale-skinned young woman with white blonde hair who hails from the colder region of the Northwest, reflected in very thick woolly clothing, maybe a parka. The Dragon-type specialist is a broad-shouldered older gentleman, also appearing to be of Native American descent, uh, an architect whose work can always be seen with his draconic gargoyles around the eastern cities and who hails from the rocky archipelago of the northeast. I think depending on which game you get, these two will be kind of important. They might be, like, the champion's closest friend, depending on which game you have. Like, if you have East, then, uh, Pokemon East, then you get the dragon guy, who I think will be called Hunter. He will be sort of close-ish to the champion. And, uh, the girl, the ice-type specialist named Aurora, will be closer to the champion slightly if you get Pokemon West. And I imagine that at some point, depending on which game you have, you can find one of them in their areas of interest. So, like, maybe in the post-game or or before you fight the Elite Four or whatever, you find Aurora in the northwest if you have Pokemon West. And if you go to the extreme northeast, you find Hunter if you have Pokemon East. And they'll help you encounter the box legendaries. I don't know. That seems to make sense. Maybe that'll be the typing of the legendaries, too. Ice and, and then Dragon. I don't know. But, important, there will be one town or city relatively center-based in the region. Like I said earlier, this will probably be the region or the town in Harmouth with the professor's lab. But it's a town that's a hub of neutrality and cooperation. The professor's based here, the champion is from here, and even the evil team leader is from here. Maybe the three of them could have grown up together, like how Kukui and Guzman knew each other in Sun and Moon. I always thought that was cool. Love to see more stuff like that. But I'm getting ahead of myself Uh, before we get to the evil team. We'd have to talk about the champion, considering we just talked about the elite four. The champion is a normal type user. uh, And like I said, he's isolated. He's from a town where cooperation with both sides of the region is key. Yet his elite four members and all eight gym leaders are feeding into this sectional conflict. The champion's name will be Matthew for now, because like I said, this is my region. And since I created it, I might as well be the champion, right? Plus, I love the normal type, I think it gets way too much hate, and uh, it would be very uh, unique to have a a normal type champion, I don't know, it, it, we've never really had that before, we've had a steel type, uh, um, and now that I think about it, I can see some backstory lore with, I mentioned earlier, Brody's dad is like a really strong fighting type leader who left and left his son in charge of the gym, maybe there's something there, because fighting beats normal, I don't know, maybe there's some dark past where they're... They were rivals or something. I don't know. Uh, that's totally irrelevant. I'm totally rambling, but this is just a conceptual conceptualization anyway. Jokes aside, I'm the champion. <laughs> Maybe this neutral town can be slowly declining in population. I imagine Matthew could have been a gym leader here. Perhaps a cutscene in the game would see you run uh, into him at his old gym, now abandoned since there aren't enough strong trainers in the town left for there to be a replacement with him reflecting on the decline of this neutral ground. Maybe this can be even how you meet him, honestly. This brings us to the evil team. So, honestly, I didn't bother come up with names for all of the administrators. I know uh, there's, like, Plumeria and Sun and Moon, and all the other games from Gen 2 to Gen 6 had, like, uh, ad- administrators that had names and worked for the evil team. I didn't really do that. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I didn't have to bother. I do think we need to have a step up from Team Yell because Team Yell is depressing. Uh, and that is where Team Unity comes in. Uh, led by Halprin, a round, friendly man with a bushy beard and rose colored glasses. Maybe that's too on the nose. <laughs> he will be the team's leader. He'll sort of be this hippie ish, like child friendly, r- tongue in cheek reference to like Charles Manson almost. <laughs> Oh, that's really dark, actually, but but sort of like I have this idea of this, like, fat hippie guy. He's just so chill. Like, whatever. And throughout the early half of the game, you and your friends, Dexter and Teresa, will be led to assume he's this good man with good intentions. Halpern is born out of the neutral town I just mentioned, as I said before, just like Champion Matthew and Professor Pine. And he's seen the town fall from grace, too, uh, watching the divide between the East and the West intensify team unity's goal is of course unity to bring both halves of the region together so that Harmuth can prosper but of course as has been the case in the last few pokemon games there's a twist hopper and his team do want unity but only after intense divisiveness sort of like trial by fire he thinks the only way that the region can be divided is if all right the region can be united is if there's this big division to wear everyone down first And, I mean, in layman's terms, they're looking to divide and conquer, because they are harnessing the power of a more sinister legendary, which would serve a similar purpose to Garatina in Gen 4 and Kyurem in Gen 5, like this third sort of member of the trio. And unlike the box legendaries, one of which helps the humans subtly and one helps them directly, this third guy doesn't like humans at all. He doesn't want humans on its turf whatsoever, and he sort of elicits this natural aura that drives people to conflict so that they can wipe each other out. The idea I have right now is maybe it's been hundreds of years since this region has been settled. So, so maybe it's been slowly building up this aura the entire time enough to cause massive civil strife, except in and around the neutral city and your small towns where you and your rival are from. I'm thinking maybe that's because as it, I don't know, this is just totally me spitballing, but this dark legendary could live in a cave near that area and it doesn't want to poison its own land and lair with its own sinister toxins, so it spreads them around other than that area. I don't know. Maybe it's flown around, spreading these negative, divisive feelings for years, ignoring its own land. Certainly possible. Or, thinking about it more, because that's kind of a cop-out, maybe it hasn't done any spreading of negativity, and the civil strife is sort of natural between the two sides, and Halprin and his team Unity just want to Make it worse. They want to get this evil legendary sort of this aura and just spread it immediately, which will make it immediately uh, violent or whatever. I don't know. Uh, really, don't know. Uh, but but pretty much this is all leading to you and I guess your rival too. But of course, as is the case with most rivals, you and your rivals will battle over and over again. Eventually, Dexter will say like in a moment of clarity oh, you're the strongest trader here, it has to be you, blah, 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 blah. and you can fight the legendary, and blah, 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 probably get the box legendaries help in, uh, uniting the region, maybe there's, like, a battle between the box legendaries, or maybe the two box legendaries team up, and it shows the whole region, like, oh, look, they're teaming up, maybe we can team up too, blah, 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 I don't know, but eventually, of course, Halpern and his team will be defeated, I could see Harmith's or Halperin becoming sort of good again at the end, like, I don't know, like, redeemed tends to happen. The whole big message of the story is it's okay for the Eastern and Western peoples of Harmith to feel pride towards their own institutions, traditions, and innovations, but they shouldn't let this overcome their ability to live in peace, cooperating in one region. The end. Happy ending. After that, this will be one of the games where the story's done before the League. It will be after all is said and done. You get to fight the Elite Four, they're much, uh, they're in clearer heads now, and that's another thing too I think is cool about this game, is I, I want you to be able to meet the Elite Four before you fight them, because that always annoyed me in the old games, is that you, you met all the gym leaders, occasionally they'd even come out and do stuff, like in black and white, but the Elite Four never showed up to anything, they were so boring. You'd never even heard of any of them, until... You walked into their hallowed halls and they were standing there like, hello, I'm Steve. I'm the fighting type guy. Like, oh, cool. That's cool that you're strong, but I haven't even met you before in my life. And the region was just almost destroyed by an evil team and you did absolutely nothing. So that's kind of this idea. Why can't the gym leaders in the Elite Four do anything? Well, it's because they're under the same spell. Like, they're getting divided too. I just, I love, all right, maybe I'm tooting my own horn, but I really love this concept just for what it means to the people of the region. And if you're curious, I, I could see Minerva, the psychic gym leader, being somewhat of the leader of the gym leaders on the western front, while in the east, the leader-type figure would probably be... Who would fit the role? Maybe Tiffany? I could see that. Yeah, so so I thought that was very fun. And just this idea that I, I, I think the climax of the game, too, would be this big, huge angry pokemon battle between leader on leader like uh the duos as i described the gym leaders as four sets of duos them going up against each other then you get to meet the elite four because they're at each other's throats too and then when all that's said and done and that big box legendary you know sellout moment like i said earlier happens and Harmit's defeated then you go to the elite four and you're like, oh, I remember you. You were in that big battle. Or, oh, yeah, I recognize this this uh, goose. Or I recognize Hunter. I and mean, this makes sense to me. And like I said, Hunter and Goose, uh, Hunter and Aurora might have some role in even getting to the box legendaries. But I- I'm getting ahead of myself. Just this idea that you recognize them. Sun and Moon did that, obviously, because the Elite Four was made up of people you already met. But I like this idea better. Where there's, Well, not better. I'm sorry. No offense, Game Freak. You come up with good ideas, too. But it just, you get to meet these people before you fight them. I don't know. Maybe even the gym leaders could be like that. Maybe you see them around, uh, like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't feel so good about that guy over there. Like, I don't trust uh, that Minerva. Or, oh, man, I don't really trust Marlin. Like, whatever, you know? So you fight the Elite Four, and finally you're met with champion Matt. I don't think this will really be a dramatic moment. Like, oh, Matt's the champion? I guess it could be. But he might tell you in the normal gym. Like, I could see that moment where he meets you in his old gym. Like, yeah, I'm the champion now. I thought somebody else would take over my gym. But sadly, our little neutral town here is declining. Blah, 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 blah. So he becomes a friend to you. Like Steven in Gen 3. Which, coincidentally, is the last Pokemon game I replayed like a month or two ago. So you have a grand battle with Matthew. (laughs) It's not technically me. Because I'm not referring to him as me. But more or less it is you beat him you become the rightful champion of harmus everybody loves you because of how you helped unite the region and scene and then post game honestly didn't think much in the way of post game i know i really would love if looker showed up Cuts. i do like the trend of looker being a character in every single pokemon post game except sword and shield as of right now come on uh <laughs> crown tunja please change our minds but I want to uh, actually open that up to you guys, because I didn't think of a post-game idea. Hearing what I just described, did you like it? You think it's a good idea? What problems do you have with it? What could be added? What are some Pokemon you guys think could live in this region, and why? I'd love to see what you guys have to offer in terms of names and art of these trainers I've come up with, of the, the of uh, Halperin, of your rivals Dexter and Teresa, of Professor Pine, of Champion Matthew. <laughs> Of the Elite Four. I'd love to see what you've got. I really uh, think it would be awesome. And I would love to hear what you guys have to say about an ending. Or a post-game, rather. What more could be explored here? Should it involve other region's legendaries? Or other region's strong trainers coming? Other mysterious figures? Other original characters? Please, I want to know. Now that you've heard me vomit this entire explanation of Of what could happen next for a Pokemon concept. I want to know what you guys think should be in the post game. And that's really all I've got. That is my uh, 41 minute spiel about... Spiel is not meant as a Pokemon pun. It's meant as slang, but uh, I'll take it. That's my 41 minute uh, kind of uh, vomiting at you. Of Pokemon ideas of a region, of a game. One that I really am proud of because it incorporates... A lot of elements I would love to see more of Pokemon. The Trainers and the Elite Four and the Champions as actual fleshed-out characters with flaws who don't just, you know, deliver a, a bumper sticker line and then fight you and then deliver a, like, oh, wow, you're so strong. You're going straight to the top. Like, I want to see characters. I want to see character arcs. I want to see a region with a story that actually has a lot of uh, building up, creeping up. Like in Sword and Shield, for example... I'll have to talk about Sword and Shield in depth at a later date, but, you know, it's just like, oh, the darkest day ever is happening now. Snap of a finger, and all of a sudden it's the end of the world. This is sort of this creeping negative aura, this creeping strife. It's more realistic. It's It's kind of grittier almost. And, yeah, and just the idea, too, of getting two games and getting your money's worth on them. In one region, in one game, you get to sort of play through the... as a a child of the western part of the region, as the other, you get to be a child of the eastern part of the region, so you get to play different perspectives, too, I don't know, maybe even, I mean, I I, I like the idea of character uh, customization, I I like that a lot, but if there wasn't any, I would say, honestly, the protagonist would probably look different in, depending on what game you got, I think that would be kind of cool, but that, my friends, is all I have for this region, and why I'm a big, a big fan of what I've come up with just because of the story the characters and the sort of lore I guess are, are unique and I would love to see more stuff like this in Pokemon because I love Pokemon <laughs> I'm a geek for it I wouldn't be here if I wasn't but I just want to see more of the fr- from the franchise and again I'll talk to you about Pokemon Sword and Shield at a later date but th- it left a lot to be desired but it also gave me hope for the future of the franchise uh, with some of the elements it's included so yeah that's what i've got i, I want to know what you guys think i want to see your designs for my trainers um maybe the main character for your rivals for the leaders for the elite four for the champion and for pokemon i want to see you come up with some fun creatures the starters the legendaries the root wanderers, anything you might find in here i'd love to see it or that sinister creeping pokemon that halpern wants to use or halpern or team unity grunts show me anything i want to see some art or I want to hear from the fellow storytellers of the Geeks Crossing community what should happen in the post game I want to know what do you think because that's another big gripe that we have with uh, we Pokémon fans have with our games is there's not a satisfying enough post game let's fix that huh all right so I hope you guys like the world of Pokémon East and Pokémon West oh and of course I want to know which region or which game you'd get and this has been a Geeks Crossing podcast thank you so much for listening and honestly just uh keep on geeking out go catch them all and i will uh talk to you next time so peace out or smell you later in the words of gary